Welcome to Talk and Chalk with Jamie and Goody, a podcast about your team in your fantasy baseball keeper league and all the drama, triumph, and failure that goes into it. In this episode, Goody and I continue our preview of the 2021 team rankings covering the middle four teams. These teams could be contenders as each of them are packed full of talent, but questions remain about whether some of these managers have what it takes to really compete in this league. Who makes the jump this year into the playoffs and who gets left behind? And speaking of questions. That is the first seven teams. That's 14 through eight. I have to ask you, because we brought it up earlier. We So far, we've talked about Brendan, Perry, Evan, Bill, Pat, and Duty. We also talked about Trevor. Yep. How many of those other six teams could Trevor pilot to the playoffs this year? Oh, man, that's a good... Uh... All that and more on this episode of Talking Chalk. Next up is Duty. So Duty has the fifth youngest group, the 27.3 years. He's got the eighth highest uh, keeper set in terms of value at $167. Goody, or excuse me, Duty has a shit ton of excess draft capital. I think he's got like three or Which four he, first round I picks. Will give him, I will give him credit in a year that was very, very hard to trade. And I knew it because at one point I was selling and then I was buying, obviously. It was a very hard market to sell into. Uh, normally, it's pretty easy to. And Duty did a phenomenal job of, of compiling the draft capital that he did in, in such a tough year. So yeah, Duty uh, is kind of in the middle of the pack. Again, the eighth highest keeper value but I did values for all the draft picks. And what I did is I basically listed all the available free agents and their values. And I attributed the first round pick, first pick overall to the top free agent. I know it won't work out that way, but I I try to approximate the values. Like he's got a ton of excess value. Like he's got, when you take the value of his draft capital and the value of his keepers, I've got him as the, the second highest overall value for 2021, at least. Now- Having four first-round picks helps a lot. (laughs) Sure. Now, he can't hold all that value because it's not eight strong keepers. But, like, for a one-year shot, like, he's got a pretty good shot if he wants to make this this year. I I was in a similar scenario last year. I I think I did the same thing he did. I consolidated four and I had four first-round picks. On paper, it all adds up to be a ton of value. And I I think my team may have been different in a full season and all that. It was all that. But the funny thing that I look back on is that – still draft picks are so hit or miss. You know, I drafted Solaire, Hayter, Sano, and Paxton. Three out of those four were pretty useless to me last year. You know, it's and, right. it's, and it's funny. I mean, on the other hand, though, you can get game changers in the first round. For sure. And I, I think there's a lot of value there. So I, I'm interested to see how much he's able to actually value, but like able to add. But like you're saying, it's like, with his team, based on the building blocks he has, he has elite stars of like you know, Jose Ramirez and, and Mookie Betts. He should be able to, with that draft capital, theoretically add on to what should be a, a very, very competitive team. Yeah, I mean, and uh, Luis Robert might take a step this season. Like he was, he's 23 and obviously yeah. had a pretty good season last year. Uh, he just has such a low end on his keepers. Like, uh, Biggio, now that he has him, uh, is a, a mediocre player. Uh, like Yates, um, like is okay. Like that's a closer. Like I just like Marco Gonzalez. And, and, 
And one thing I don't, I totally get the Mankata deal and I give Brennan credit for that. I don't get that from Duty's perspective in that, like we're talking about, he has all of the draft capital. He has elite high end. What is he, like Kevin Biggio is probably a useful player. No, you know he, what I mean? Like, he should take those first four, four first round picks and trade it for Trey Turner is what he should do. <laughs> like, because- he did. Duty has this habit of like taking a really good player, like a, a dollar player and splitting it into like four quarters, which is what yeah. he just did with, again, Mankata is not a dollar player and Biggio is not that much worse, worse uh, than Mankata, but like he got an extra first round pick for taking Biggio onto his team. So like, he's got to hit with that pick. And then like, how do you carry that value forward? You have to hit with- but the, Exactly. The, the problem is in the carrying value forward and kind of law of diminishing returns, it's like, when you have four first round picks, it's like you can only roster so many guys. And and it's like I I just I didn't get giving up on Mankata's upside at 25 for that, especially given the fact like I would get it maybe if Duty didn't have a first round pick and you're like, okay, I think Biggio can be about as good as Mankata and I would like to draft a pitcher or whatever with a first round. But it's like you're you're giving up on the upside of Mankata, but you still have three other first round picks to draft guys with. Uh, is just where it just kind of, I'm, I'm at a little bit of a loss for it. Um, uh, yeah, is, yeah. Is really the only way to say it. I worry he's going to take, you know, some of the top pitchers on the board. Like let's, let's see who's available because his pitching is like, like Maeda or Ryu or yeah. whatever. And, and those are the guys he should take because he's, he's struggled with pitching and all that. Like those are the type of guys he should take, but. He'll take but, those guys and then he'll take a closer or two and expend all of his capital and have decent yeah. one year pitching. And then what, like, yeah. And, and, and like you said, it, it'll all be successful. And he's a team that it would be based on, like you're saying with the draft capital, if, if duty does not compete for the playoffs this year, or, or obviously make the playoffs, then it's a huge failure to be honest. Agree. Yeah. Oh my God. It's a, it's a huge, yeah. Huge failure is I think an understatement. Like <laughs> yeah, what the yeah. hell are you and, doing with your life? And, and it just, it just kind of would be more in kind of, uh, and I hate to be too rude to him about it. of like, he's just kind of spun his wheels of having guys like Mookie Betts and Jose Ramirez, where it's like, those are two building blocks that any of us would kill to have to build around. And he's had them for the last five years, basically, and hasn't really done anything with it yet. Yeah. That, those two guys are better than the top keeper of like half the teams in the league. He's got yeah. two of them. He had Trey Turner, who and, was a Yeah, he had one. Trey Turner too, who's a, who would be another one of those. <laughs> Like those three players combined, if he still had Trey Turner, had about as much value as Josh's entire team. Like it's just, yeah. you start so far ahead. Like you've pointed out, like when I had Trout, Harper, like these guys, you just start so far ahead. It's tough. It's exactly, yeah. And it should be easy to build from that, but it's it's even more concerning when you don't. And if, if he goes Maeda and Ryu, like those guys are 34. Like where is he getting his, you know, 28 year old pitcher that he can carry into the future? So Which I, I, it's funny. That's what got him into the Trey Turner deal was he got Barrios. Jose Barrios, but like Barrios hasn't been that super elite guy. He's been good, but he hasn't been that super carry guy. And like, I, 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 I don't disagree. I think duty should be taking guys like Ryu or Maeda with these first round picks, but it's like that, that should propel his team forward to the playoffs this year. But like you said, it's like, it doesn't really build anything going then, forward. Yeah. Then what? So yeah, yeah. yeah he, he's got to make the playoffs. But, but, but to be fair, it's been so long since he's competed and you're only going to have Mookie Betts and Jose Ramirez for so wrong, long. He better be actually, it's funny that he's a younger team, but he really should be thinking like, 
he's got to win now. Like I, 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 I'm going to draw on my own experience. Always, it's like when I had Goldschmidt in his prime, it's like I need to fucking win now because right. I have this and I'm not going to have this forever. You know, like when you have that true top five player, like he has with Mookie Betts, and and with Jose Ramirez as great as it's like you do need to strike them. He's got another lottery ticket both for this year and the future in Gavin Lux too. Like yeah, it's a guy who. Last year was probably a top five prospect. Like it would have been tough to trade for him. Like you were talking value wise with Joe Adele. Like yeah. Lux was up there. Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously he came out of the gate slow like Adele did, but like, yeah, he could be a guy along with Robert, uh, Jose Ramirez and Mookie. Yeah. That's like, that's a really he, strong he, four. It's, it's funny when you just look at duty's roster breakout and keeper set. It's like, it's so just interesting to look at. He has both those like established building locks. Then he has like, you know, guys like Robert that it's like, Oh, are they, are they a next big, like Robert could be a next big superstar, obviously. And, and same with Lux. And it's like, but on the pitching side, then you look at like Barrios, Marco Gonzalez and Kirby Yates. And you're like, huh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Bad. Like Marco Gonzalez is like, that's a guy I want to take in like the eighth round. And like, yeah, yeah, I love like, him. Like quality I starts. I can't believe, I, so I cannot believe Marco Gonzalez was kept. Right. Yeah, and that, and I say that as a Marco Gonzalez fan, but just like yeah, 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 like I appreciate Marco Gonzalez, but I could not believe he was kept. So that is the first seven teams. That's fourteen through eight. I have to ask you because we brought it up earlier. We so far we've talked about Brendan, Perry, Evan, Bill, Pat, and Duty. We also talked about Trevor. Yep. How many of those other six teams could Trevor pilot to the playoffs this year? Oh man, that's a good, uh, if you get, if you gave Trevor's Trevor duties team, he with the draft picks. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, Trevor, Trevor could definitely go to a buy with duties team. Right. But like, I would, I would bet, I'd bet a lot on that. Uh, I, I think even with Pat's team, he would do a lot of damage. Okay. Let me say, all right. Duty, Pat, Bill Evans is, Evan's team is a lot like Trevor, so I'll I'll say it wouldn't be much different. But but definitely duty Pat and Bill's team with Trevor managing, I'd I'd be like, oh, that's that's gonna be a heavy competitor. Right. No, no Perry or Brendan. No, so Brendan obviously slashed his roster down a lot anyway. Perry once again, his, his keeper set is kind of not totally full. Like you got to remember one of the biggest things Trevor does always have is that he always has a pretty good pitching depth with, you know, and he subsidizes it well, but he's always had a number of good pitchers. Trevor's or sorry, Perry's team is way too pitching light that I, I, I don't think the formula would work the same. Yeah. Notice Trevor does have that depth. He usually and at least in the past few seasons has like those four really good guys, like the top 30 guys. And then yep. he just streams the rest. Yeah. Like, yeah. No. And he fills in and like, like last year he had like, I, I was joking with him all the time about like, we called him Merrill quality, quality, uh, start Kelly, you know, during his run and he had Zach Davies and like, he plugged in those guys at the end onto his, onto his four, like top 30 guys. And it's just, it's, right. it, it makes it work. And then, and then Jose Abreu was the only hitter for him pretty much. <laughs> <Even> like Goldschmidt. <laughs> So yeah, that's, uh, I always wonder, like, I look at some of these teams and I'm like, that's such a good team. Like it just thought exercise wise. I'm like, what if I just traded my whole keeper set for their whole keeper set? Like, what would I yeah. do? How would I do? So yeah, I think Trevor having under, a- yeah, yeah. And the big underutilized one, like we would probably say is duty. Definitely. Like, yeah. 
All right. So that's our bottom seven teams. And, and the next team would, I would say the same about. Yes. And I think that the, I think these two teams are so similar, like, and you wrote it, you wrote it right there as well. Like Ricky is our, our seventh highest ranked keeper set. Uh, he's 27.6 average age. That's the sixth youngest. So pretty decent middle of the pack there, middle of the pack yeah. value. And Ricky, again, like duty, they might just be, you know, twins, 76ers fans here, uh, has a ton of excess draft. And capital. it's interesting. They were, they were both involved in this, in the Trey Turner deal too. Right. They're just spinning their wheels together. Yeah. Yeah. Ricky's hard to get a beat on. Like, I don't, sometimes he makes really great moves and then like very similar to duty. It's just like, he never follows through. Like he never comes to fruition. Like the fact that he hasn't made the playoffs yet as he's always had like these somewhat average teams, I guess it's somewhat surprising, but again, it's so hard with the six of 14. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's very hard to obviously make a playoffs in 14. So, you know, we don't, we don't want to knock that all of it, but it's like, I always look at every year I look at Ricky's keeper set. And I'm like, man, this is something I could really do something with. I, I, and he's done a great job of getting young players. Like he got Cabrian Hayes last year picked up um, and, 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 and not just Cabrian Hayes, but it was funny of, I remember last year, Mook was in a playoff race and he was texting our group chat about how he couldn't find, like he had to start Brady Singler in his playoff game or like some guys. And he's like, I can't get any of these guys. And I'm playing Ricky in the last week. I'm like, Ricky has every goddamn good young arm who's up right now. Like Christian <laughs> McKenzie and Sixo Sanchez. And I'm watching these guys just throw bullets against me. I'm like, yeah, Mook, you couldn't get any of these guys because Ricky got every single one of them. Right. And, and like Ricky is really proactive about getting young guys like that. And I, you know, and he, and he has great building blocks too of it's crazy. He has three of the best shortstops in Lindor oh Bias and Trey Turner, uh, but it all just doesn't. And Walker Bueller at pitching. And it's just like, but it doesn't all add up. It's like, he doesn't just like fill out the rest of his team or, or I don't know if he doesn't manage enough week to week, like Trevor does or, or what, but it's like, you, I don't know. You just look at his keeper set. You're like, Oh man, that's a really good team. And it's put, but it hasn't translated all into the the competing week to week in our league. Yeah, you would kill to start your team with Trey Turner or Lindor. Like shortstops, it's hard to get a good shortstop. Like I know there are many talented ones, but like the yeah. top ones are so much better than the the middle tier guys. Like Trey Turner, I've got as the sixth best player. And again, he was a player he, he, that moved like two years ago. Yeah. So, and, yeah. And, and yeah, he 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 does everything. He. He he hits for enough power. He hits for average. He bats at the top of the lineup of a of a good team. He steals bases. He he's he's awesome. And Ricky's got again a bunch of young guys. Turner's twenty eight. Lindor's twenty seven. Baez is twenty. No regrets from Pat. On uh on which one? Lindor. <laughs> Lindor. Pat will never regret. I mean shit. Trey Tur like everyone traded all these guys to Ricky. Like what the hell? No no. And that's the thing is like you got to give Ricky a ton of credit. He's he's gotten all of these guys after other guys have owned them. Like, you know, Javi Baez was traded to Pat and then eventually dropped back in and Ricky got him back somehow. He traded for Lindor. He traded for Turner. Um, I'm pretty sure he rookie drafted Bueller, but I mean, like he, he has made great. It's, it's, it's funny that both him and Bill came into the same year. Cause I would just say like, Oh, there's a bunch of great moves that each of these guys have done that I would say, Oh, there, those are great moves, but it's like, it hasn't all added up to results yet. I, Trey Turner is so interesting because he came up, he was supposed to be a Herald prospect and do well. And he had that first half season where he was awesome, but then he spent like two seasons being like, not top 20. Like he was always 
pre-ranked preseason top 20, like, oh, Trey Turner, this is the year he's number 11th overall, but he never reached that. And I think this is another thing where like duty just got tired of it. Maybe like, I remember yeah. duty grinning at that trade. The fact that he got Barrios and then like a bunch of first round picks and stuff. And he, like, he took all these guys and he was just so happy. Like, and then, then Turner suddenly age 28 is again, a top 10 player. Like he finally yeah. reached that potential. What I find funny about that deal though. And I, I think I thought it was dumb that Ricky kept Chapman. Ricky ended up getting Chapman to that deal because I remember he drafted him fourth overall with one of the picks that he got in that whole thing. And it's like, it's funny that although that was such a great deal for Ricky, but it kind of hamstrings him still because he's, he's, keeping a second tier closer probably now still from that deal. Like, what are you doing? Keeping Chapman? You could, you could draft Chapman back somewhere yeah, else. And in, it's the, like, in the first round. Yeah. yeah. And, and up until like a week or two ago, Ricky wasn't going to keep Cabrian Hayes and he was keeping Chapman. And I remember just thinking like, was keep, what are you doing? He was keeping Tristan McKenzie. Like I was just, yeah, yeah. I was just praying, like, please keep this guy. Like there's a few people that made some smart swaps right at the end. I was just praying yeah. that they didn't come to their senses, but he did. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's, it's funny that way. I, I just, you know, Rick, Ricky, like I said, has an incredible keeper set. This is another team that, like I said, if, if, if certain managers were running, I feel like would probably be higher up and be more competitive and dangerous this thing, this set should be dangerous. Uh, but I, I, I don't know. I feel like I say that every year. I, I always love Ricky's keeper set. Right. And at the, at the bottom, he's got Cabrian Hayes and Ian Anderson, both of whom I love Cabrian Hayes. I think Cabrian Hayes is going to run. I think, you know, I, I think he's going to hit for pretty decent average. Obviously he's not going to hit as well as he did for a hundred at bats last year, but right. I, I, I think he's, I think if, Ricky didn't keep him. I would have a hard time deciding between Rosarena and Hayes as the number one pick as a rookie draft. Right. Yeah. And I was hope I was hoping Hayes would be there just so some other people might fall to me. But like, yeah, that is a serviceable, a well above serviceable infielder, like that you could get oh, in the yeah. rookie draft for this year. Like that's that's worth a first round pick, if not more. Yeah, yeah. And and I even I love his two rookie. What's even more interesting about his set, both of his rookie slots should can be this year. I love Alex Alex Kirloff. Sixo Sanchez looked great last year. Like he legitimately has, you know, 10 guys right now that he's keeping that should contribute. This that year. Is, so that's a great point. Like when you bring those rookies that are going to be this year contributors, you're right. It's like yeah. a ninth and 10th keeper. Like I remember yeah. I had Victor Robles when his rookie season and like, I felt like had an extra keeper and he had a yeah. great rookie season. And like it helped propel me to a championship. Uh, then it's tough the year after because you have to keep them like with a real keeper. You just yeah, felt like then, you got away you with make something. hard decisions. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's it's yeah. nice getting away with them. But the the thing I'll say about Ricky is that you know both him and Bill obviously haven't made the playoffs yet out of the expansion teams from that year. I will say even more than anybody else, like if Ricky does not make it this year, similar to Duty as the team behind him, it's like both of those teams should be competing. But like you said, we have limited spots, so we know, we know both of them probably won't, yeah. but, but it's like, they both should. We're going to say that about 10, 10 or 11 teams this year. Like Trevor yeah. is one of the bottom, you know, teams, but we still expect him to make the playoffs. So like, yeah, we're, we're talking about like 11 teams for six spots. It's tough. Like, yeah. Yeah. But, but you just, you look at Ricky's keeper set. And like I said, having the, the couple extra guys who should contribute pretty significantly. And it's like, man, like, how do you not? <laughs> You also brought up a great point about Chapman and continuing to keep Chapman. Like 
there are bad teams in this league that often keep closers. And to me, yeah. it's like putting like really expensive rims on like a Honda Civic. Like, yeah, yeah. S- step up your and, game, like your main team before you like pimp it out with like closers. And, 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 and unfortunately, like I hate to rail on Ricky too much about it, but it's like, it's not like he's Liam Hendricks or Josh Hader. You know what I mean? Like Chapman is still very good, but I don't even think Yankees fans like him that much anymore. I'm not sure I would ever keep a closer. Like, you know what let you're alone, getting with the co- closer. One, yeah. Let alone one who is not in a clear top tier of it, you know? Like those guys are, again, every year, the top tier closers will go in the f- end of the first or early second round. Like that's just where they go. That's the price you pay. Uh, yeah. But you don't keep that guy. Like, yeah. There's just so much risk with closers too in terms of injury and especially, losing your job. Especially in, in the context of our keeper league where it's like holding on to guys in their careers is key. And it's like, there's no real huge upside to the closers, you know, like where it's like, if, if he, you know, just to bring an example, like if you hold on and keep a guy like Mankata, he could grow into something that is way, way, way more valuable than what he is right now. Chapman isn't going to grow right. into something like that. You it's know? only, it's only downside. Like yeah, you, yeah, either, exactly. you either like, get a role as Chapman as is, which is fine. Or you yeah, get worse. Which is useful. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yep. Yeah. So like he, he could have kept like Reese Hoskins, Gary Sanchez. Uh, and, and not that I liked either of those guys. I honestly, I would have probably stuck with his, I would have swapped out Chapman for Cabrian Hayes and I would have held on to Tristan McKenzie. And if he would have gone those kind of arm slot of young guys of Ian Anderson and Sixto Sanchez and, and Tristan McKenzie, it's like, look, not all those guys going to work out, but at least it's like, Hey, there's a chance that two out of those guys are, fucking stud keepers going into you know through the year and going into next year and and i think there's a chance that mckenzie could outplay chapman this year you know yeah i've been more annoyed by people keeping closers in the past this is just like a it's not the worst most egregious example of it yeah no it's it's something you don't like to see yeah yeah exactly i i agree anything more on our pal ricky no no that uh i think that that subs it up can we finally admit that i made a great decision getting ricky in this league you, no, I'm just uh, kidding. I'm just kidding. No, no. So, no, no. And on a serious note, I, uh, I, Ricky has been one of my favorite managers in this league. He's, he's great character. I love how he's active in trades and all that. Like, same thing that I said about Brendan earlier. Like, I like guys that are willing to, you know, shake it up and 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 plan on guys. And Ricky has been that. Like, he he's been great. Uh, yeah, he's he's been awesome. Gotcha. All right. And, ne- and he, he brought he brought some nice Puerto Rican diversity to our league. We did need, we need, did need a little diversity in. Yeah. Uh, the next guy is basically as white as can be, uh, plays <laughs> ice hockey. Uh, plays is, ice hockey, used to live in Pike Creek. Right, right, right. Can't find a good bagel. Nah, uh, yeah. Is Halski uh, with the sixth <laughs> highest keeper rank at $183. Uh, you know, just a few dollars separated some of these lower teams, but this is a, a jump. A, a little bit over Ricky. Now, Housky gave up some draft capital, not too bad uh, this yeah, year. Yeah, he, but... he did a nice job of strategically buying last year as he was on the fringe, and he was with me kind of sneaking in at the end. And Housky has the second youngest keeper set at an average age of just 26 years old. So 26 years old, second now youngest he, keeper he... set, sixth best keeper set. That's kind of where you want to be. No, no, no. Yeah, and he's, you know... I think Housky is a, is a smart roster builder, uh, you know, like we were talking about from a Trevor standpoint, a GM, so to speak, when we were asking about that, uh, you know, obviously that age is driven down a lot by he hit to a 
complete home run on Juan Soto. Oh my God. Uh, just, you know, everything you, it Juan Soto getting him like that is everything that we strive for in this keeper league. It's, we all, it's all what we're hunting, you know, and, and he got it. And in the same point, that same draft, Ozzy Albies, who, although hasn't been a total stud in this league, is super valuable and very young. So that, that drives down everything that you're talking about. Uh, the thing with his team, I, I, he's another guy I look at. I love his set. I think I'm probably going to say that about everybody going forward from up here at this point, uh, I realize. But he, you know, the, the question with him is, okay, how much of a superstar are those three guys on the offensive side of, you know, we know Soto is, I, I have Soto as the best player in fantasy in my, in my models. And it, it, he's definitely in the top five for anybody, you know, arguably probably the best. But it's like Albies, Bogarth, Bryan are all good players. But it's like, okay, are they are they top fifty players? Are they you know top sixty players or whatever? But it's like none of them. I, you don't know if they're all elite, really. Yeah, especially Bryant. Like I think he's fallen off. Bryant's the big question. Yeah, I, and yeah. I I think I think publications and projection systems are selling Bryant a little too short based on you know he had a bad year in a short season. But but yeah, the question is is like oh is is he on the down, downside as well? Yeah, the shine came off of him like so fast. Twenty nine. Like usually, these guys at least last through their thirties. Like you, he, you remember the days of the law firm Bart Bogarts Bryant BBBs, the, the killer killer bees. Yeah, yeah. Jesus, <laughs> we've come a long way. But you're right. Yeah, Bogarts and Albies are really good young players. Albies still twenty four years old. Like and, he and keeps coming out of the rookie young, draft this year. Yeah, yeah, and it's funny to remember how young Bogarts still is. Like until you even said that, I, I'm like, shit, Bogarts still pretty young too. 28. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. then he's got Giolito, who's seems like Giolito has been in this league for six years now, but like is still only 26 and is awesome now. Like, uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. He's, he's awesome. I, I actually love how it's, I love Housky's pitching staff. I'm a huge fan of Corbin Burns. I have been for years though. So obviously, you know, that plays into a little bit like Nola, you know, I don't think Nola is definitely not a fantasy ace, but like in fitting behind, if, if Giolito is going to be that, like, that's a great number two to have for you. I think uh, Nola's top 15. Like that's how, how low would you put Nola? Oh, uh, that's tough. Like, I, I, let me just say, you always just know Nola's not a top 10. He's not a true ace. He's not like what prime. Max he's not top three. Yeah. 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 Like he's not that, but it's like, no, I, I really do like Nola a lot though. He is really good. And, and in, and in a 14 team league, if he's your second best pitcher. That's awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's yeah. That's like the, uh, God who I, I had Kershaw and Kane for a while when Kane was not dog shit. And then yeah, I had like Kershaw Kane, and sale. Good. Yeah. yeah. Right. It's you like just that to have two of, you had two top five at the same time. Right. Right. So yeah. But, Giolito, Nola burns. Awesome. Like, yeah. And, and the beauty is so so yeah like Burns Burns I think is an interesting one just to bring up because obviously you traded him I mm-hmm. liked him a lot he I get his value is very volatile right now it's like whether you buy the adjustments that he made in the short season and all that I I do because he's I think he's always just had elite breaking stuff I think last year he figured out of he was throwing different types of fastball I think it's similar to Corey Kluber who I got a few years ago who always had you know before his big breakout he stopped throwing a straight fastball and he started throwing a little bit more of kind of a, a two seam sinker and all that. And it's like something just to kind of get over the plate for strikes and let your elite breaking stuff play. And I, I think that's what this is right now, but until you do it over 
30 starts over a whole season, we don't really know. Yeah. And I think that's exactly the type of pitcher that you want as your third best pitcher. Like oh yeah. If Burns was his best or second best, you'd say like, I don't know, like he has to really hit on this to compete, but like, that's who you want as your third best pitcher. And, and that's the thing that makes Housky's team really, really scary. If I, I think at this point we can buy Giolito after yep. the last two years, uh, you know, we know Noel is a, a very, very good number two pitcher for him. And it's like, if Corb- Corbin Burns is what he was last year over the full season, then it's like, look out with his staff. Cause all of a sudden that becomes, I think, scary. So my biggest issue with Halsey's keeper set is Noah Syndergaard. And, and, like- Oh, I got, I got to bring this up really fast. I don't know if I, I did bring it up earlier actually was, I thought it was interesting. He offered him to parry for Stanton, but right. I, and yeah, if I was, if I was Josh, I don't know if I would take that. I, I don't know but if it's I thought it, I just, I thought it was interesting. So yeah, your thoughts about Syndergaard. So yeah, Syndergaard, like, I don't know why, when you have these three other guys, you're keeping Syndergaard. Like, again, that's a lottery ticket. Housky's team is so good. Like, I feel like he, if he had kept like Hosmer or, you know, even Lewis or Grandal, like, I think, or even uh, Karen check, like, or Diaz, like Edwin Diaz, like, I think all those are better keeps than Noah Syndergaard. I think he is not making the mature, responsible decision with Syndergaard. Like he's, he, he's having, you think he's having like the sunk cost syndrome of he's invested in Syndergaard, so he has to kind of see it out. And like you and you and I have been sort of the top of the league for the last several years. Like sometimes you have to get, let the guy go that you like really love and like yeah. spend on your team, like because it's just not a good decision. Like I'm going to take the Eric Hosmer value. And or like the whatever value and like the Edwin Diaz value over the Noah Syndergaard lottery ticket because where if Noah Syndergaard was in the draft where would he be taken? I I think he I I think he's definitely a first round pick. You think? So yeah, no, and maybe I'm higher. I think I maybe disagree with you a little bit in that. Like I get what you're saying about like he should have you know moved on from Syndergaard so to speak, and I think he kind of wanted to, but. I think when you add it all up, I don't take any of those guys over Syndergaard only because although Syndergaard we think has this high air ceiling, which I think Housky did when he traded, you know, Carrasco and a bunch of other stuff to get him. I always said, I'm like, oh, I'm not sure he really has that high ceiling. But to give Syndergaard credit, he has thrown a decent amount of innings in this league. He's given you pretty good numbers of what he has. And I think when you're looking at Housky's team of if Syndergaard, even though he's not going to join us until May or whatever, he can kind of slot in there and kind of give you numbers. I think it's more than what I like. I would, me personally, I would still take him ahead of Diaz. I was not house. was hard with Kyle Lewis. Cause he's big on Kyle Lewis, but I would have taken him over Kyle Lewis too. It's just all those other guys you're talking about. I still would have taken center guard over personally. I think so many teams in this league are searching for like the lottery ticket, like super awesome keeper. And at a certain point, like, I think it's just better to make the responsible decision and take the value rather yeah. than possibly a dud. The the only one I would I would say the ones I would say is the closer thing of like uh Karanchek or whatever however you pronounce his name and Edwin Diaz. It's like, okay, I could see the argument of like, oh, just take a sure one of those and and kind of fill in the rest of your set with that, especially given the makeup of Housky's team where he already has a superstar in Soto. He already has an, a couple of other really good hitters. He already has three really three good, really good pitchers. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like it's like you don't need Syndergaard to really be that much to to kind of make this all work. Like you might not be able to keep Syndergaard next season if one of your even if he picks, does well, yeah, like yeah, because you may no, not no, keep I, four pitchers. I agree with that, but in a 
But on the other hand, like, it'll be really nice for him if things are going well and then Syndergaard comes on, you know what I mean, at the end of May or whatever, and is suddenly is his another rotation guy. Like, I mean, one thing about this league, I think that is really in the 14-team league has become even more important is pitching depth's huge. Right. You know, so it's it's kind of is a nice luxury for him to have and all of that. I uh, I, I just agree that yeah, it's it's just it's it's tough with Syndergaard, and I, I know I know from talking to Housky, he wrestled with that with that keeper decision. Yeah, I think you know if you want to really compete in this league and like really push hard, and I know Housky has been in the playoffs several times. He's been in the championship. Like I think you just make that that decision a little bit differently after you've been there and you realize that like you don't need to go for the uh the lottery tickets i'm i'm repeating myself but yeah no no i I get you i just i I think where i disagree on this kind of wrap this all up is like i don't see Syndergaard as much of a lottery ticket as i actually assuming he comes back healthy from tommy john it's like he's at least a guy you know is going to give you quality innings and 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 that's nice to have as a as a rotational starter guy Assuming he comes back healthy from Tommy Assuming, John, exactly. That's is a, a very loaded caveat. sentence. No, no, I know, I know. <laughs> <laughs> so, like I said, I think that's why we very much disagree on that. But it makes sense. It's like I, we like. Go I high. would love Cindergard next year, like after he had this yeah. half season of like whatever. Yeah, um, yeah. It's like he had he had his own problems before Tommy John, and to assume that everything goes okay and those problems still exist, I think, is what I'm thinking. Cer- certainly, yeah. So there's a high side there, and if he hits it, you know. He's then he's got four awesome pitchers and yeah, look out the rest of us. But and, and and like I said, it's probably not as safe as a thing as I'm thinking it is. Like you said, he probably he given his keeper said he probably should have gone with a little bit of a safer pick. Who's going to contribute right away? Because we've seen this before with so many pitchers. We think they're going to join you in April or May or whatever, and then it just drags on and they don't. Right, or they come up and they pitch three innings the first time out, and then four yeah, innings, and yeah. you're like, "Shit, for a month, he's never going to get a quality start." Like, yeah, that's yeah, tough and and the, and those are the worst. Is when you're rostering guys that are giving you that. It's just like it, it becomes not just the idea of rostering him. You'd rather be rostering a dead guy because that's a guy I'm throwing as one of my nine starts. You know? Right, right. Or yeah, it's like when a bad rookie comes up and you have to keep him on the roster instead of that juicy NA slot. Like, yeah, yeah. Like how oh, we how long do I hold this guy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So we'll uh, say, but yeah, yeah Housky, yeah. one of those teams that should make the playoffs, um, you know, with his keeper set. Definitely. Yeah. Next up, uh, we've got you goody, the, the number one oh, youngest man. team, 26 years old average. It's I've, I've come, I've come a long way from when you started doing the age rankings. Yeah. Yeah. You, you always <laughs> were at like the 32 years or age 31. Um, and you still have a little bit. And, and that's even with me adding DJ LeMahieu, huh? It is. Yep. Wow. Yeah. I'm, I'm proud. My, my team's young and sexy. You're pretty neutral on draft capital. And I think you were in like such a weird position last year, having so much capital in like a short bullshit season, in a fucking crazy season. Yeah. Like you just got screwed so hard. Like you did, yeah. you couldn't wait for your first round or second round picks to like get better over the course of the year like if they were no good you just had to like move on yeah like, no i and i did and i and i got to the point like i said i thought i was selling at one point then i turned around and had to buy a little bit i ended up with net positive thankfully i was able to use that to acquire a nice add-on piece for this year with dj lemayhew i talked about the brennan certain guy i think that the league kind of discounts a little bit not a lot of people were loving but i love to add in and i i think the combination the big thing with my team is that i love is 
bunch of multi-position infield guys, Catal Marte, DJ LeMahieu, Cronenworth, uh, you know, those guys are all going to play really nicely and I can mix and match them all I want. With my team, I think two sides are big is that one, it's like Jordan Alvarez is either going to be a top 10 player or he's going to be a zero like he was last year. And that's a, that's a huge thing with my, with my whole team and keeper set. Uh, on the pitching side, I love Zach Gallen. Uh, I, I just think he's awesome. Four pitch Mitch. I, just, I love him. Tyler Glass now, I know I think is going to be a, a top 25 guy just based on strikeouts alone. The question is, is if his new slider is going to make him be a Cy Young candidate that a lot of people think he potentially could be, then it's like, okay, which Chris Paddock am I getting? I don't know. Yeah. I've got Gallon as the 14th best pitcher class now as the 19th and Paddock as the 43rd. I think like you're, you're really hoping any of those guys like jump to that next tier, like Gallon top 10 glass now. And, and I'm, and I'll tell you, like, I'm very confident in Gallon. Right. I just, I really am. Glass now, I think, has a higher floor than most people think, just because, like I said, sheer strikeouts. I think it's like I've I've watched enough of the starts to know that, like, when he plays lineups like the Orioles, he's gonna ring up the strikeouts and and you know to do that. But like, there's gonna be some starts that he gets shelled, kind of too potentially if he, if he's bad. Glass now, but it's like I I I am, but it's like you see, I think he has enough of a floor just based on strikeouts alone. Uh, but it's the question whether he can make that jump or not. So that's, yeah. that's a big thing for me. Jordan Alvarez is a big question. Uh, yeah, but I, I, think, I think I have a, a pretty good offense, but what drives so much is, like I said, I think I could have a potentially elite offense if Jordan Alvarez is there and does what he does his rookie year, but you really don't know how his knees are going to hold up. He is the oldest 24-year-old or whatever. Right. He, might, he might be Pujols uh, faking his <laughs> yeah. age, 28-year-old. <laughs> exactly so that'll be interesting i think Marte is another kind of question mark like is he the Marte of last year or the Marte of two years ago somewhere in between like if you get the Marte of two years ago and the right. alvarez of two years ago like oh my god like there we yeah. go all of a sudden this is really interesting I, I on the Marte front it's like the fact that he could play so many and i and i tossed around i was originally going to keep solar over Marte, and then i decided to keep Marte. and like my drive and thing behind that was one like I kind of bought into what was Marte's power from two years ago. And I've always been a Marte guy of, I think just last year, he might've been hurt a little bit. It was a short season and all that. I think his floor and batting average is great. And when you add that up to that, he plays so many different positions. It's just, it seemed like a high floor, potentially higher ceiling type player to me. Yeah, You'd much rather have, much rather have the infielder versus Solaire, who's going to be what he is, but like you can yeah. find that in the draft. Yeah, yeah, and I, I, you can find other guys that hit for power. You know, like it's, it's not as hard to do. Uh, so yeah, so I, I liked Marte a lot there, and, and, and yeah, so that's why I went with that. Uh, I, I think we should note that, like, you kind of had your cake last year, and you got to eat it too. Like, you got to compete. You were in the playoffs. You totally swapped all your keepers out over the last two years. Like, you are the youngest team. Like, Bichette is twenty three. Devers is twenty four. Alvarez yep. twenty four gallon 25 like holy shit like those guys are all really good right now like if bichette becomes a top five player instead of a top 15 player or if devers becomes a top 10 player instead of a top 20 25 player like you were in the situation that i was like four years ago with the trap harper it was it's been very fun i've enjoyed last year's it sucked finally missing the playoffs two years ago and that was a big pill to swallow but it was also it's been a lot of fun building this team but now it's to the point of like now you get to see if it actually comes to fruition or not. 
right. with a lot of these guys. Like I said, with with class now, with Alvarez, with you know, I feel great about Bichette, but it's like, oh, is Devers really going to put together a full season or not? Or you know, I, it's so it'll, it'll be interesting. Yeah, and I think you know, obviously, this team can make the playoffs, but again, it's like which of these guys can step up to the next level, even though they're all plenty good now, but like, yeah. and really lock in like the Juan Soto, the uh, Tatis like type. Player. And that's the thing. We always say this is a star driven league. And like, when you look at the projections, I don't have any of the elite guys. I have a bunch of guys that are just outside those elite guys that it's like, like you're saying the question, are they going to jump to that next level? Tell me about Jake Cronenworth. Because oh, the projection like, systems love, don't like him as much as, as you. I, I love Jake Cronenworth. So I don't, I've sent you the meme before and Mook created it. The one where the guy looks at the chick when I originally thought I was going to keep him over Cattell Marte and it ended up being Solaire instead. But I just, so Cronenworth was all because I was watching a paddock start and I, he was filling in for Hosmer, made some great plays. And I just, his whole story, I looked at his numbers. If you look at a lot of his like, underlying like bad ball, ball data yeah. is all just off the charts he doesn't swing at anything outside of the plate and all that still it's a small sample size you wonder how much talent there really is there of like real star talent the thing i i my bet about cronworth is one multi-position i think he can hit for average just because of knowledge of strike zone and i think that the other thing underrated is that his sprint speed is actually pretty damn good too and he stole bases in the minors too i think he's a i think he can be like a whit merrifield yeah, I think, you know, the multi-position thing you've mentioned several times for many teams, but like you've got your infield figured out. Like all you need yeah. to do is hit outfield power and like starting pitching, closing. And those are the easiest things to get to, in to the get. draft. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, that's that's my hope of Cronenworth. I'm hoping for a Whitmere Merrifield, but playing more positions basically. Gotcha. And then with the, la- the one thing we got to talk about my oh, team, boy. it's the best thing to talk about is Bobby Witt Jr., all right. Well, I mean, tell me, Adam. Tell, tell, tell. Well, so Bobby Wood Jr. should be on another team right now uh, because he was Which a t- team, huh? Which team? Pat, Pat's team, at the very yeah. least. Pat's and, team, yeah. Speed's team, Perry's team, uh, any of these teams, uh, because he was a top five MLB pick. Like again, I know last yeah. year was tough. Like why people aren't just going to the draft and I know several people do and just taking the top five guys, like swap out your, uh, your Michael Kopex yeah. or your, like your Hunter you green, that guy again later. Right. Royce Lewis is getting dropped this year, but like, I'm not sure why Hunter green is still on a roster. He was a top pick four years ago. Like yeah. it's time to move on, like take the yeah. next top pick. Uh, but yeah, he should definitely be on a different roster. Again, last year was very tough for the minors. No one played. It's hard to, you don't see guys, it's all scouting reports, but like you picked your guy, you got tremendous value from a, a bad waiver position. And I think that's somewhat easy to do in our league. Like you can sneak one past the goalie pretty often. Yeah, no, I, and I, uh, so the one thing I got to point out that's kind of funny is that I assumed Bobby Witt was claimed by somebody else already just because, and I, and it's normally I'm on top of this stuff, but like Mook was like, eh, I was going to do Bobby Witt, but I did Austin Martin instead. And I'm like, wait, Bobby Witt's still available. And I ran right to be like, all right, I'm claiming Bobby Witt then. Cause I had Pearson coming up and I had a spot open and all that. And it's just like, it's that it's like, and it was simply based off normally I'm very numbers based with everything, but it's like, oh, he was the number two overall pick. We don't know anything because of the instructional, you know, the whatever 
off-site, whatever it's called, you know, thing. But it's like you read things that it's like, oh, people are glowing about Bobby Witt. So it's like, oh yeah, I'm I'm gonna own this guy and see what happens. And obviously he's just he's suddenly blossomed into the most exciting prospect uh south of Wander Franco. Right. I mean, I think the only red flag for me, I guess, as an owner was he was a, a high school shortstop. Yeah. So you know you're gonna be waiting on those guys like like a Brendan Rogers type thing. Like I'm gonna yeah, commit yeah. to this guy for three to four years. Uh and he might not pan out, but he's so. And one thing I am very happy about, and it just broke today, was they aren't going to start him out in the majors. Yeah. Cause like we were saying, like, I'd rather have this guy start off in an NA slot and sit and play in the minors because I don't want to see him come up and fail with my team and then me have to roster him through it. And then we go through that. It's like, especially for him not playing above rookie ball, I'm glad he's going to be starting off in double A or triple A or whatever. Yeah. You want him to start out there. You want him to come up in August for 249 plate appearances. And exactly. then next year, you're going to have like a bona fide ninth keeper that might be the fifth best player on your team. Like that is the prime position, like the that, dream. That for would be rookies. the ideal scenario. Yeah. Yeah. You don't want him to come up before, like you don't want him to come up in June. Like obviously you'd be excited, but like, you're yeah, ruin that. Like there's, there's an ideal way to do it. Obviously you'd be happy if he comes up and does well. Uh, but no, I, I agree with you. There's half of this league should own Bobby Witt right now. Agree. Agree. Uh, anything else you want to talk about on your team? No, I, I, I think that kind of covers it well, unless you kind of have anything else on my team. It's just, it's, uh, I, you know, I'm, I'm obviously, I, I think I'm a little bit like Trevor where I can kind of, you know, I, my expectations to make the playoffs every single year. Uh, but on the flip side, I think I have a very young and exciting team. So I, I, I love where my team's at and uh, yeah, I'm excited. Yeah. Young, exciting team. And even after like the swapping and competing last year, like making the playoffs and even your uh, buying of DJ LeMay, who like, you're still pretty neutral in terms of the draft capital you would have had. So like, you're in a, you're in a good yeah, position. Yeah. I'm, I'm still very excited about the draft next week and, and who I could take. And I have some exciting guys. I hope I'm able to get. Check out the next episode of Talking Chalk, where we reveal the best keeper sets in the league and maybe get a little carried away with the praise. No, I, I think just based on, a, I, I, we slobbed them enough and maybe we got to cut some of this out, but. Who are we already roster baiting? And who's going to finish first? All that next time on Talking Chalk.